Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning. How you guys doing today? Good? Rock on, rock on. Man, we are super pumped and to be in day 15 of 21 days of prayer. And I want to pause for a second before we move any further and let you guys know, if you haven't been able to participate in 21 days of prayer, we got, we're in days 15 through 21 right now. And I want to encourage you, man, jump in with us. In, finish stronger than you started. And so some of you are like, Pastor Dan, I never started. Okay, well then finish stronger than you started like, by starting. Okay, so, but Monday through Friday, we're meeting at our offices at 6. Next Saturday, though, I want to invite all of you to come uh, to this sanctuary for prayer at 9 a.m. We'll go 9 from 10. We'll end on time. We'd love to have you here because we want to pray about what God is doing in our lives. And here's what we know about God. God is a, is a sowing and reaping. He's a covenant God. When you give to him, he gives back to you. And so we're not giving more of our time and our prayer to God to get something. We're giving it to give. But when we give to God, he gives back to us more of himself. And I don't know about you guys, but there's nothing I need more in my life than more of God. And so, man, uh, join us for that. For more information, you can go to uh, transformationchurch.com, whether you're watching us or you're in the room. You can go there on your smartphone, get all the details under events. But, yeah, we would love for you guys to join us. How many of you guys have been enjoying the Level Up series so far? How many of you guys have been enjoying it, right? So, man, we're super pumped for uh, uh, part three of our Level Up series today. We're going to be talking about freedom. Turn to your neighbor and say freedom. freedom. Now, some of y'all are like, I need freedom from the person sitting next to me, so I don't want to, no. But we're talking about freedom, because how many guys know, how many of you know that sometimes we'll, we'll try to let go of things in our life, but sometimes it's hard to get those things to let go of us. And so we want to talk to you a little bit about freedom and see if we can't help do a mental shift today that will help us with our spiritual leveling up process that we're doing in our lives. Let's go straight to our story today. Matthew 4, 1 through 2 is where we're going to be uh, kind of starting our story and going through a process and talking about uh, an experience that Jesus had that's very similar to the experience that some of us are having. We're in a fast right now. So some of us are fasting. Um, all kinds of, some people are fasting, doing liquid only for 21 days. Some people are doing one meal a day. Some people are doing, you know, fasting where they're only eating dinner. It's all kinds of stuff going on. But the fast is, again, giving more of yourself to God. So saying, I'm going to take a step back from what I want so that I can get more in tune with what God wants for me. And listen, uh, some people have been fasting like, I've heard like Jesus in this passage fasted 40 days. Listen, your boy don't even like to fast 40 minutes. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, so... But when we give ourselves to the Lord in that capacity, he does amazing things in our life and draws us closer to himself. So let's go there today. Matthew 4, 1 through 2. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And I want to pause right here for a second and talking about some of our freedom. Because all of we're going to be dealing with freedom today. But some of us have found ourselves in dry places in our life. How many of you guys ever found yourself in a place where you feel like you couldn't hear God and things were just weren't going well in your life? And our default in that moment is to think either one, God forgot about us, or two, the enemy is at work against us. That's, that's the two things we think. But what we read here out of the gate is that Jesus wasn't led into the wilderness by the enemy. He was led by the Holy Spirit. He was led by God into the wilderness. Sometimes God will take you to dry places to let you realize how bad you need him. So then he was there being tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, my man was hungry. 
all right? Turn to your neighbor and say, hungry. Some of y'all are like, it's 1132, Pastor. I'm hungry right now. So anyway, so, <laughs> but, so he was hungry. So he, he's in the desert being tempted. He's hungry. He's fast for 40 days. How many guys know you fast for 40 days, you get a little weak, right? And y'all felt that weakness before. You, you skipped dinner, and that next morning you were weak. All right, he did that 40 times, all right? So, so he's in the desert. So what I want to talk to you about with freedom today, let's look at some key areas that we may need freedom from in our life. Now, these aren't all the areas, but these are some that we wrote down. The first one, unforgiveness. How many of us need some freedom from unforgiveness in our life right now? Somebody did something at one point in time, jacked you up, and now you're just, you know, you see him in Walmart, you're picking a different aisle. Not today, Satan. Nope, we're not doing it, right? Why? We need freedom. We got unforgiveness. We're dealing with it. Here's the thing about unforgiveness, though, is we can joke about it a little bit, but some of us, we hold unforgiveness of our heart from very real and deep wounds that people caused us. Some people caused some damage in your hearts, y'all. But listen, as deep as that damage may be, it's not so deep that Jesus can't heal it. And I want to encourage you today, when we're talking about freedom, let's talk about things that God wants to do in our life. Number two, continual sin. Some of us need to be freed from them things in our life. Those areas of our life that we, quite, like, we keep going back to because we use it as a crutch in our life. I know I'm not supposed to, but can I tell you something? God is not looking down on you ready to smite you or beat you over the head with a staff or whatever because of the sin in your life. He's ready to bathe you in grace and mercy so that you can step out of the darkness into the light of Jesus to where you don't have to be held to the condemnation of your sin. But the conviction of your sin gives you the opportunity to change your spirit man into everything God wants you to be. We get an opportunity to step out of that darkness. Next, number three, negativity. Some of us need to be freed from some negativity. Listen, I'm trying to tease Swift on some of y'all. I'm shaking it off. Y'all know I'm talking like, I ain't even, I don't listen to Taylor Swift. My wife makes me sometimes. It's a big thing. Anyway, so <laughs> negativity. But man, negativity in our life. How many of us will admit some of us get consumed by negative thoughts, man? It eats us alive. My mom, not the case. Not the case at all. You can't get my mom to be bothered by something. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, like if, some, if, a, if a truck drove through the wall over here, she'd be like, huh. Somebody's going to need to do something about this wall. And then she's going shopping, y'all. I'm telling you. Like, she ain't, there's just, it ain't, right? It just ain't there. I got other family and other friends they worry when there's nothing to worry about because there should be something to worry about. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm about to stress because I'm not stressed, and I should be stressing about something. And negativity consumes the thoughts. But how many guys will admit that when negative thoughts consume your mind, you become blinded to the reality of what is possible because you're consumed by what happened to create it? And God's saying, man, he wants to give us clear thinking today. He wants to free us from that thought process. The next one is regret. Some of us need to be freed from regret. Listen, whatever didn't happen and you feel like it's your fault, it didn't happen. But God can still do something great with your life. Whatever did happen and you feel like it's your fault, it did happen. But God can still do something great with your life. Don't think that you're so powerful that you can wreck the plans of God. 
I'm going to say that again because some of y'all didn't get it. You were writing, trying to spell regret. So listen, <laughs> I said, don't think that you're so powerful that you can wreck the plans of God in your life. Wherever you come from doesn't compare to what can happen when God gets a hold of what he wants to do in your life. And then next, I wasn't going to put this one, but I figured I'd do it anyways, relationships. Some of us need to be freed from some relationships that have been holding us captive, holding our mind, our spirit. For some of you, you can't give the full version of you to your spouse or who you engage to or whoever because you're still connected to the person you were with. And God's saying, you're never going to be able to be complete for that person until you get completed with me first. So some of us need to be freed from some past relationships and move forward. So how do we do that? What are the steps? Somebody like, I know, Pastor, I've heard freedom messages a lot. I done sat in a small group. I read six books. I want to give you some steps on how we can get there with our thinking. Is that okay today? So first of all, the first step in moving towards freedom, don't romanticize the struggle. Don't romanticize the struggle. I dated a girl before, before I ended up dating my wife for the last time because we did that breakup, get together thing for a while. And she's amazing. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. She's phenomenal. She's my rock. She's my superwoman. She's great. I love her a lot because I married her. Anyway, so, but I, there was a relationship that I had in the journey before that. And one of them was a, a, a substantial relationship in my life. And there were even times where I thought that I, we might get engaged and get married and all that. And thank God, thank God sometimes prayers don't work. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, God, let this work, let this work. And he's like, I'm trying to save you some, from something dummy. Like, so sometimes it's the grace of God that that relationship didn't work out. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Anyway, so that's a plug, nothing to do with this. So I was dating her, and we were in that on again, off again thing. Y'all know what I'm talking about? On again, off again, where you kind of keep going back. But here's the reason why we kept going, I kept going back. When we were together, it was disaster all the time. Like, we'd have one good day and six bad ones. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, we would, we would go on a date and things were great, but then we argued for six straight days. And it was just like a screaming match. And I remember thinking to myself that when we were separated, the only thing I could remember was all the good days. But I never remembered the time that she threw something at my car. The time she, we were driving in traffic and she stopped on the interstate and got out and started walking. I had to pull the truck over. Like we're gridlocking traffic on I-10 just because this girl's acting crazy. I didn't say all girls are crazy. I didn't say they weren't. But anyways, I just, I was, so I was, I know, calm down. A mass exodus walks out the building. No, 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 come back. No, so, but all that to say is I had a habit in my mind of romanticizing how good that I remembered it to be, but I only remembered the good that I chose to remember. I never remembered the bad. And how many of us are that way in whether it's relationships in our life? You, you got someone you keep going back to because it just, it feels like the right thing. It only feels like the right thing because you're romanticizing how bad it was. You're not remembering all the bad stuff. You're just choosing to remember the good stuff. What about a job? Like, man, I really wish I had that job back. Do you, though? Because it never get, lets you go to church. It always made you where you couldn't pick your kids up from school. You weren't able to be a good uh, husband or a girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever to the person that you were trying to give your heart to. You weren't able to, to be in a small group. You weren't able to build healthy community. But at least you had that job. We romanticize the struggles in life because we choose to only remember the good but never pay attention to the bad. And we can't do that. People of Israel did the same thing. 
God brings them out of slavery. They're in, like in chains. They're building, being forced in the Egyptian slavery. God brings them out. And then they end up wandering around in the desert for 40 years because they're complainers. Uh, now, don't, don't look at your spouse next to you when I say complainer. You know, I was like. So they're wandering around in the desert, and this is what they say. I wish we were back with the Egyptians because at least there we had pots of meat. They had pots of meat, y'all. They were being abused and killed, put into slavery. And I think we do the same thing in our life. It's like, man, I really wish I could go back to that. It was so great. Was it, though? And in reality, usually it's not. Philippians 3, 13 and 14, we have a race to finish, it says. Check it out. It says, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. God wants to do something in your life. And as long as you can get away from what was and start focusing on what will be, you can move on beyond the hurts, beyond the pains. Stop romanticizing the past and start focusing on what God wants to do in and through your life. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He wants to accomplish something great through you, but you got to stop looking at what's behind and start looking at what lies ahead. Because what will happen if we're not careful, we'll get too addicted to comfort. And you guys can write this down, but don't ever let comfort override your conviction. Don't ever let comfort override your conviction. I know I shouldn't be with that boyfriend or that girlfriend, but I'm comfortable. I know I shouldn't be in that job, but I'm comfortable. I know I shouldn't be sleeping with that person, but that romantic connection makes me comfortable. I know I shouldn't be doing those drugs. I know I shouldn't be getting drunk on the weekends, but it just makes me comfortable. That's where I would prefer to be. Can I tell you something? When you let comfort override your conviction, you create a disconnect between you and the God that created the universe, and you are delaying the purpose of your life for the sake of comfort. And God is saying, I got something great I want to do with your life. But until you start hearing the conviction of the areas of your life that I want to help change in you, and as long as you stay addicted to the comfort of just being like everything's just okay as long as I'm comfortable, if you'll take the step of faith where you don't know if it's going to be okay, but you're going to trust the God that used words to create stars. And if you trust him knowing that he's going to carry you through every area of your life and the freedom that can come in your life to say, I don't have to deal with the struggle anymore because I'm giving all of this to God. And when you give all of it to God, you get to watch him do amazing things in your life. Don't fall prey to comfort because it blinds you to conviction. God says, I want to do great things in your life. But just like everyone, there's some great things that are going to happen, but that means there are a few things that are going to change. How many of you are with me to say, God, I'll let you change it if you're going to do something great with me. Luke 4, going back to the story of Jesus in the desert. So the devil came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Listen, after 40 days of fasting, I'm ready to eat anything. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I'll eat that tofu stuff that some of y'all people eat. Uh, just whatever. Just give me cardboard. Bring it on. I'm going to eat some car- Like 40 days, I'm just ready to eat. And that's where Jesus is at. So the devil comes in. He's like, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
Listen, you don't need that relationship more than you need Jesus in your life. You don't need that career more than you need God's supernatural hand of provision in your life. You don't need that income. Listen, don't get addicted to what's comfort. Stay connected to God as he becomes your source. When I, be, when I knew I was called to be a pastor, 15 years old, God spoke to me and told me you were, I was going to be a pastor. That didn't stop me from doing some stupid stuff between 15 and 18, though. But anyway, so... After 18, so I, I, I start pursuing the call in my life. And then I build a great pause. God in my life helps me build a great income. I become very successful in the corporate world. And then God says, okay, now. And when I tell you that my income got cut, I was making 30% of what I was making the year before the day I said yes to ministry. Can I tell you something? We've never gone hungry. We've never had a problem paying the house. We've never had a problem paying for our vehicles. I've never looked in the bank account and saw zero. Why? Because God takes care of us. And I'm here to tell you that if you'll get connected to the fact that we shouldn't live on bread alone, you don't need that career more than you need God. You don't need that person in your life more than you need God. You don't need that income more than you need God. You don't need that degree more than you need God. But if you'll get connected to the Lord and who he wants to be in your life, you'll get the degree that he wants you to have. You'll get the job he wants you to have. You'll have the person in your life he wants you to have. Get connected to who God wants you to be and you'll get all the things. So God wants to do amazing things in your life. But be careful though because comfort is a cancer in your spirit that blinds you to conviction. Comfort is a cancer in your spirit that blinds you to conviction. God says I want to do that. Yeah but I'm comfortable over here. And many of us never take the step to become all that God wants us to be because we're too comfortable where we are. What could God do with our life if we just started saying yes? And what areas of our life could God free us from if we just started taking the step? Next, you got to acknowledge the real enemy. Acknowledge the real enemy. Listen, I know somebody probably hurt you. There are situations that surround your pain and your struggle that are real. But can I tell you something? The person that may have hurt you isn't your enemy. They're just a victim of your enemy. The same way that you're hurting, they're hurting. And hurt people hurt people. And so what happens is, whether it was your father, your uncle, your grandfather, maybe it was a molestation, maybe it was abuse, maybe it was verbal or emotional abuse, maybe, maybe your grandma drug you to church by your ear, and this is the first time you step back in one because you're like, they're all crazy, like my grandma. Listen, we're not. Your grandma might be crazy, but we're not. I'm just kidding. Like, whatever you went through, but here's, here's what I want you to understand. The pain you experienced, the struggle you experienced, everything that you've gone through in your life, it's real. And I'm not discounting the fact that it's real. What I am saying though, is the person that oftentimes we blame for our struggle, the person that we blame for our pain, the person that we point to and say, it's all your fault. It's not their fault. They're just a victim of the person whose fault it is, just like I am. When the enemy gets a hold of people, he makes them do crazy things. And when he can help them get hurt, then they'll take that pain and they'll put it on you. And the same struggle that you're going with, they went with. Everything that you're going through, they went through the same struggle. Every pain that you've had, they've gone through the same pain. And all they're doing is taking out what they're frustrated at on you. I'm not telling you that it wasn't real. What I'm telling you is if you can stop saying, I'm going to be mad at this person because of what they did to me, and start saying, I'm going to be mad at the enemy because of what they did to us. What eventually can happen is you can finally rebuild this relationship, and together you can fight 
fight the enemy, uh, not alone, but together. Together, you can say, I'm not going to keep blaming you anymore. I'm going to start blaming you. And you look at the enemy and say, no more. Because what happens is when we get addicted to blaming people, we never get to acknowledge the real enemy. And that's the whole point. See, he comes in. He wants us fighting with each other so much that we never see him. The problem when we fight with each other is that we're never victorious. You never get victory when you're blaming a person because they're not your real enemy. But when you both can acknowledge who the real enemy is, you get connected to fighting against the one who is ready to stop you at every turn. How many guys know the enemy? He's strategic, man. He might be stupid, but he ain't dumb. He knows your weak points, and he'll come in and get it every time. Just the minute you start thinking you're over it, man, I feel good. I feel like God's helping me out. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. You go to get some pizza, and they're sitting at the restaurant right next to you. You're ready to flip the table over. You thought you was over it. He starts pushing those buttons. And who are we? At that point, all we are is a puppet on a string, and the enemy is controlling our mind. But when we can stop getting mad at the person, when I can sit next to the person that hurt me and say, I'm choosing to forgive you so that I can put the responsibility on who it really belongs to, now you're taking steps toward freedom. I'm going to choose to forgive the person so that I can take it out on the enemy. So we got to acknowledge who they are. Matthew 4, 8 through 10 says this. It says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. He said, all this I'll give you. The enemy says, all this I'll give you if you'll just bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me. I want to read the Bible in slang, y'all, because I know Jesus is like, bruh, if you don't back up. I haven't found that translation yet, but I'm going to. Okay, so. Away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Listen, y'all, don't get fixed on what the enemy is trying to feed you in regards to the lies in your mind. Get fixed on what God's trying to feed you. It's written, we worship God alone. Right? Don't trade what you're needing for what is now. Don't trade what you're needing for what is now. Because what the enemy will try to do is if you're not looking out for the real enemy, he'll try to slide you some substitute for the real thing. Listen, I know you, I know you want to take your, angry, your anger out on the enemy, but here, just be angry at this person because they're the one that did it to you. And we feed it, y'all. We feed it. Man, just this week, I had an opportunity. Same thing happened to me. Can I be transparent? Yeah. Same thing happened to me this week. I was, you know, in the midst of this fast, and I was needing something. My spirit felt weak. Y'all know what I'm talking about? When well, your spirit feels weak, you need something. I was needing something. And I almost traded what I was needing for what was now in that moment. Put it up there. You got a picture, guys? There it is, right there. I was just, I was done. I was done, y'all. I said, Lord, I'm really needing something right now. And then the light turns on. Bing! I said, praise God. Look at that. Made a way where there was no way. He's a way maker. Okay, so. <clears throat> but for real, how many guys ever, like, maybe you've been on a health kick or something, 
and you knew you were needing like a protein shake, you needed to make a good decision, I just need more water, like whatever, boy, that hot light turns on, right? Or someone walks in, like, I got free pizza. It's like, amen, Jesus, you know, like we just, but in all, in all honesty and in all reality, we do this in our spirit life. We'll trade what we're needing for what's now. God, I know you need to do something great in my life, but I'm going to just sleep with this person right now because that's what's going to make me feel good. I know, I'm, I know I'm needing to give my career to you, and you're probably going to take me into a different field of work than I've ever done before, but I'm going to take control, and I'm going I'm to go get this job that I want now. And it's like, man, don't trade what you're needing for what's now because God can give you more if you'll trust him with little. But you got to trust. you got to have faith. Next, believe. Number three, believe in your anointing. Believe in your anointing. Now, maybe you're new to church. Maybe there's a word anointing. Maybe you grew up in church like me and this word freaks you out. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. But here's, I want to give you kind of the definition of anointing to help you out a little bit in something we can understand in the New Testament time today, right? To be anointed is to be chosen and set apart for a specific plan or purpose. And God is choosing you and he's setting you apart for a specific plan or purpose, that's the reason why it doesn't all of the people that maybe maybe you're trying to date somebody right now and it just isn't working out and you know they're not good for you. You know they're not a good spiritual connection for you and you know that if you were to marry that person it would probably be a disaster for your spiritual life but you just keep going after it anyways. I'm here to tell you the reason why is because you're anointed and God's trying to set you apart from something that looks like that. He's trying to take you to a place to be with someone that's going to help build you up and put you on the spiritual path you need to be on. Maybe you're trying to get connected to an employment situation and God's trying to say, the reason you're never happy there is because I never called you to be there. You keep going after something, but I'm trying to do something over here. You've been chosen and set apart for this plan and this purpose. And so God is choosing you. He wants to do something great in your life. But we've got to be freed from what's going on. And so we go to the passage in Isaiah, Isaiah 10, 27. And so... What's happening here is the people of Israel have gotten back into conflict again, and they're fighting, and they're fighting, and they're fighting. And so he gives this text right here. And so in the midst of their fighting, in the midst of their pushing, and they're trying to, they, they're dreaming for the day that they'll be free again. They're dreaming for the day that there won't be war and conflict again, right? And what's happening is that they've become reminiscent. They start to think more about all the fighting that they've been doing than what God is trying to do in front of them, right? And Isaiah says, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from their shoulder and his yoke from their neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Now, what the yoke is, in case some of you don't know, is when they were trying to till the fields, when they were trying to break up hard ground, Back in the days that they were the Bible, they didn't have tractors, okay? So they weren't doing it mechanically. What they would do is they would take a, a giant board or a couple boards sometimes, and they would build something to go on the ox's neck. And on each side of it, it would have chains that went backwards, and it would lay on top of a, almost like a pallet. And at the bottom of that pallet would be pieces of metal, chunks of metal, and big pieces of wood. And the ox would drag that pallet. And as he would drag it, the metal and the wood would tear the ground up so that they could replant. You all with me today? And so the yoke was the thing that attached them to what was behind it. 
Y'all picking up what I'm throwing down? And so the anointing in your life, God is trying to say through this, how do we connect to this? I'm not plowing any fields, pastor. I'm confused. What I'm trying to tell you today is that the anointing, the fact that God has chosen you for a plan and a purpose means that he wants to come in and break the connection between you and what's behind you. He wants to come in and break the stabilization that is pulling the weight of your past and your history. Everything that's behind you, the struggle, the pain, the abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, you always being broke. My grandma was broke. My mom was broke. I'm going to be broke. Everyone before me never got married. I'm going to have kids. I'm never going to be married. All the things that I want in my life, I'm never going to have it because nobody else in my family ever had it. Whatever's in your past, the yoke is attaching you to what you're trying to drag. And I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I got exhausted carrying around the hurts of my past. And finally, one day I said, I'm ready to be free. And my choice of freedom chose, it put me in a position where I was connecting to God choosing me. And I remembered when I was 15 years old and God said, I'm choosing you now so that you're going to do this thing. He's calling me to ministry. You're going to be a pastor. You're going to lead people to Jesus. You're going to fulfill the purpose that I have for your life. And then God chose to anoint me, to choose me for a plan and a purpose. And when he chose me, he walked me through the process of watching the anointing break me from everything I was carrying around. You say, Pastor, you, you just seem like you got it all together. You don't know what's back there. You don't know what's behind me. You don't know what I chose to carry for years. The struggle, the hurt, the pain. But when God chooses you, that anointing can break you from everything you've been carrying around for years. God wants to free you, but we have to walk in the anointing. That freedom, it's available. There's two people in our church, and I've been waiting. I've been so excited for when we were going to get to share their story because their story is so powerful. And when you look at them, they just look like they got it all together, man. They look awesome. The thing is, is you don't know the story. And until you know the story, you don't know how powerful God can be in someone's life. Because God's desire to bring you to true freedom, it's real. And so we want to show you their story of how God did something amazing in their life. Go ahead, guys. Hey, guys, I'm Adam. I'm Anna. And we lead worship at TC. Life was pretty good till about four years old. Uh, that's when uh, uh, we lost our mom. She died in a car accident. And uh, it was pretty traumatic for, for me, I can say. Um, when you lose your mom, your whole world gets upside down and all you're looking for is mother's love. And at that point, we went to live with our father in New Jersey. And, uh, and shortly after living with him, we were separated from him. When you cling on to your father because he's all you got and you're ripped away from that, that is not okay. And so after my brothers and I, we left our father, we moved down to Pensacola, Florida with our grandparents. Um, and they were the best thing that could ever happen to us. Um, and shortly after we moved down with him, my grandmother, um, what I've been told, had a mental breakdown and was unable to care for us any longer. So that put us back into the childcare system. And be the way it worked with our case is that we had to be taken back to where our case originated, which was Union City, New Jersey. That came to pass, and we came back to live with our grandparents in 2006. Everything seemed to be fine. My grandparents adopted my brother Rockwell and I. The summer 
After my freshman year in high school, my grandma seemed to be having another psychotic breakdown and it really changed the way I viewed God and really brought up a lot of things that I didn't know I had pushed down from long ago. When you cling on to the only two parents that you've ever known and they completely, not it's not their fault that they couldn't be there for me, but just circumstances didn't allow them to be there for me. It really brought up a lot of abandonment issues and it didn't allow me to trust people, it didn't allow me to trust God in any, in any capacity. So throughout high school, I just did my own thing that I wanted to do. I said, God is this person up there and I'm down here. I said the sinner's prayer and I'm okay, I have fire insurance, but I wasn't living the way I needed to be and I wasn't living a free life. The summer after my senior year in high school, I had a like a genuine encounter with God where he just completely wrecked my entire world. And even though I went through that and he showed me who he was, I still had a lot of things to work out. So I grew up um, with my mom and my dad, it was just three of us, and grew up in a very Christ-centered, happy, loving home, uh, lots of fun. When I was about 10 years old, my dad got diagnosed with a brain disease. And um, from then on out, everything really in our life just changed. Um, it changed everything for him and for my family. Um, it really, from the moment I found out that he was sick, caused me to question God and everything that I thought I knew about him. Uh, really put a lot of doubt um, about his goodness and his faithfulness in my mind and that just took root and just stayed there. My dad was sick for about eight years and um, during his sickness, I just turned into this very angry, bitter, resentful person, uh, very angry with the Lord. I really felt like um, I couldn't trust him and in turn, I couldn't trust people. So I just, I built up a ton of walls and just didn't let anybody in, didn't want to. And um, it wasn't until a few years after my dad passed away that um, I had an encounter with the Lord that really just changed everything for me. It was in that moment that I really just felt like for the first time ever, um, I really got a glimpse of who God truly was. You know, I got to be reminded by Him that He was good and that He was faithful the whole time and that um, even in my lack with my earthly father no longer being there, um, you know, I had my Heavenly Father who was just as sufficient, even more sufficient, and that He loved me and wanted to be there uh, for me. So in August, I was approached by Karen to uh, be a part of a small group, and which was Freedom Group, and I said no. Um, and even though I didn't want to go into one, I ended up going into a Freedom Group, and through that group, a lot of the things that I developed as a child resurfaced. Going through that group, at the end of it, you know, we went through to the conference and I was reluctant to go to the conference again, but I went and through that I was able to receive prayer and even pray for myself about these things and really um, get the healing that I needed from those things that I didn't know I needed. So what I loved about the conference is that it doesn't just help you get rid of like symptoms of the things that you've gone through. It really helps you get to the root of it. I know for me, um, especially whenever they talked about the topics of anger and unforgiveness, um, 
I went down and the prayers that I, that I received over myself and that I even got to pray over myself, I know are still, um, there's been fruit from those prayers that were prayed over me. Um, I would even say like even in my life now, even it just being a few weeks in the past, um, it's definitely changed uh, who I am. It's definitely changed and helped me um, really experience freedom from those things that I've struggled with for so long and it hasn't been an overnight thing. Uh, it's still a process and a journey that I'm going through but it's definitely steps in the right direction and definitely um, just steps toward true freedom. It really is such an honor to be able to lead worship here at TC and especially be able to do it together, um, married. It's always been a dream of mine to be able to lead worship. I've always had such a passion for it and now to be able to do it with my husband, it's just really fun and I, I feel very privileged that God has chosen us to do this together. It's such an honor. So you look at people, right? And you, sometimes you look at them like, yeah, I know that God wants to do something great in my life, but you don't know what I've been through. I'm here to tell you today, you don't know what any of us have been through. I don't know what you've been through, and the person sitting next to you, you don't know what they've been through. Even being married, you start finding out things about your spouse that sometimes even they've had buried for quite a while. Oh, thank you. But here's what I want you to understand about freedom, is that true freedom, God's desire with true freedom Go ahead and put it up there, guys. God's desire with true freedom, it's not to free you from something, it's to free you to something. God's desire isn't just that he would disconnect you from your past, God's desire is that he would connect you to your future. God wants to do something great through your life. He wants to do something amazing through your life. He wants to create change and a purpose with your life that you've never even known was possible. And what has happened behind you is nothing compared to what God wants to do through you. And so I'm here to declare to you today that freedom is something that you can grab a hold of, but it's gonna come when God interrupts your life and does something great through you. And so I wanna, I wanna just ask everyone in here, we don't usually do this, but I wanna invite you to stand to your feet with us today. Because I do believe that God wants to create some freedom in some of your lives. And like I said, it's not gonna happen through a step-by-step -step process so much as it's gonna happen when God reaches out and touches your life. And I'm reminded of this song that we sing on the worship team. Because it, it uses this phrase that Jesus, he changes everything. And I'm here to tell you today that Jesus changes everything. And whoever you've been up until this point, it doesn't have to be the person that you stay. Whoever, whatever's happened to you doesn't have to control you anymore, that Jesus can make you brand new. He can give you a fresh start. He can make you a new creation. Second Corinthians 5, 17, the old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. That God's desire is to transform you into a new person. And I'm here to tell you today that it's possible. And so I want all of you just to close your eyes in this place. And if that's you, you're saying, that's me, Pastor. The team's gonna come forward. They're gonna get ready to lead us in a song. But if that's you, I want you to connect with what we're about to see. That when Jesus grabs a hold of us, all things become new. All things are a fresh start. All things are resurrected through the power of Jesus. And we get to reconnect with our purpose. 
And so right now, I just wanna invite you to lift your hands. And when you lift your hands, all you're doing is you're saying, I surrender, God, I surrender to you. And if that's you today, you're ready to surrender to God. You're ready to surrender your purpose, surrender your future, surrender your calling. But I want you just to lift your hands across this place and sing this with our team as they get ready to lead us there. Go ahead, Anna. to my purpose. I need to be connected to my future. And I believe that God does want good things for me. But I got to be honest with you. My heart just isn't right with God today. I don't know him the way I should know him. I, I know about church or I know about God, but I couldn't tell you that my life belongs to him today. I couldn't tell you that I've ever put my faith in him. But today I want to be saved. I want to give him my life. I want to put my faith in that when he went to the cross, he paid the price for me. I want to follow him with my life. And if that's you today, with everyone's head bowed, no one looking around, I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. I just want to pray for you. Say, that's me, pastor. I've tried it my way, but I'm ready to try it God's way. I want to give him my life. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you're at right now? God bless you. God bless you hands are going up. Once you put it up, you can put it down. Like I said, I'm not here to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Are there more that says, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready to give God my life. I'm ready to follow him with everything that I have. I'm ready to commit everything to him. I'm done with the past and I'm ready to look forward to what lies ahead. I'm ready to give him my life. Are there more? Maybe you're watching us online right now 
and you're saying, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready to give God my life. I'm ready to follow him with everything that I have. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray a prayer together. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer is declaring with your mouth what you're believing in your heart. It's putting words to those actions that says, I'm giving Jesus my everything and I'm gonna follow him for the rest of my life. Pray this prayer with us and the whole church will pray with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you lived a perfect life that you died on the cross, that you paid for my sins, and that you resurrected three days later. And through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I follow you wherever you go. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that, perhaps the first time. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.